Hey, Gundam Maniacs, welcome to the Gundam Explained show. Um, you know what, I have this thing I've been meaning to read. The Gundam, uh, the Gundam Everything Talk Show. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. This is a Gundam Everything Talk Show with your host, Adam Blue, brought to you by Gundam Explained supporters. And actually, without them, this couldn't happen. If you're interested in supporting the channel, check the links in the description. Uh, also, the Gundam Explained show is available in podcast format and most, if not all, podcast platforms. So if there's a podcast platform you use that this show isn't on, let me know and I'll throw it on there. Also, feel free to email GundamExplained at gmail.com. If you have a topic you'd like read live, because something I want to start doing that I haven't yet, um, and this is right before I get to my introduction to Stephen, uh, is for people to email, like, even if it's like a paragraph. And I used to do that, and I, I got to do this, too, on Patreon. I have to remind, like, hey, submit your questions, because I still want to do that. I just, but it yeah. would be cool with people in their hot takes. to. You know, oh, definitely. Well, and you and I are so terrible about missing Gundam news sometimes, like, you know, oh yeah. even today, we were just talking a moment ago, like, oh my gosh, I completely forgot that they announced that this week, and like... Yeah, you brought up uh, the Seed uh, stuff. Yeah. Cause yeah. That, yeah. So, but yeah. So yeah, we, we don't catch everything, so you need to yeah. <laughs> call Especially us out. When it's, even when it's slow, sometimes little things trickle out somewhere that I'm not expecting. Um, oh, for sure. But... Uh, for those that don't know, co-captain of the ship here, um, I'm going to explain, Stephen Bayless. Thank you, thank the you. The Midnight Hatter channel. Uh, we live streamed the day before. Consider this the part two of every week's, like, kind of, not totally Gundam, but, like, hobby pop culture stream that the later half is just more Gundam. But Yeah, you know. yeah, exactly. I, I feel like my stream's like a pregame, and then this is, like, the, the real party. <laughs> <laughs> but I do enjoy, I mean, really, for everyone to know, like, I have so much fun on Stephen's channel because a lot of times the... It, it the topics we get into are you know a little more sometimes they go very intellectually in depth maybe psychologically but sometimes it gets on to like pop culture video game stuff that's not directly tied to gundam like yesterday i learned about zoids i'm so yeah. excited <laughs> we we have we have indoctrinated adam into the world of zoids i mean um, just you telling me that like well the anime was mature and it seems like and i was like okay you sold me because i always get that when the anime is yeah. too mature but it comes off as kitty that's when you know there's a good story hidden oh yeah it. absolutely well speaking of shows actually real quick um did you happen to finish ahsoka i have not but oh, um okay yeah so, I, I i've been trying to avoid we'll touching twitter you know okay. to 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 but you know i don't really care about spoilers anyway never have so, you know, if there's something that you would like to express yeah. about the season, it's season finale of Ahsoka, right? Yeah, it just ended. And to be honest, I don't think there's anything I could say that's spoilery. In fact, I feel like it just kind of ended. And it was like, <laughs> but what about everything? <laughs> <laughs> what, what about the whole? Yeah. Well, what about the plot? <laughs> and, you know, maybe not related directly to the plot of the show, but, you know, with the passing of ray stevenson oh yeah he was such a huge part of that first season i don't know how far into production whether whether they had wrapped shooting entirely or if there was some you know overlap between that but i know that that would probably uh, th that changes everything right because not only even if you had balen skull killed off at the end of the season that completely if you wanted to do flashbacks or something like that then you lose a phenomenal talent in ray stevenson so 
Yeah, and when you see the ending, it, it seems like it could be... Would there be more to say? And maybe actually there's not. It, it, it So I, I, I guess what's interesting is my take, I guess, of everything is it did a good job of having cool set pieces and Star Wars imagery, but without really a, a plot. It seemed <laughs> to be things didn't make sense but just to go to the next action scene, next action scene. And so it's it's weird. I felt like that was a problem with Mandalorian also. Like, I really feel like these shows are doing that where when I have this expectation as the story unfolds of not everything needs to be explained, but I want to be as motivated as the characters are. So if there's not really an explanation for a motivation, then I'm like, okay, well, why would this person then do that or do this? And I'm thinking of that more than, Oh, what's going to happen next? Yeah. So. And, and, you know, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. I think, you know, the fact that I hadn't watched Rebels and, oh, yeah. you know, everyone's kind of talking about this character, Ezra Bridger. And it's like me as an as an audience member, I didn't understand why everyone was so obsessed with finding him. Um, and so it didn't it, what, what I thought they did. They did really well was that they were able to communicate that that all of the characters cared about Ezra. Yeah. Even if you did not have that past association from watching rebels. And so it, you know, it, it was like a treat for people who had seen rebels, but I don't think that, it, you know, it didn't take anything away from me not having watched cool. it. Yeah. I, I just know that I was watching it with my wife. She's like, who's Ezra. And I'm like, well, from the cartoon rebels, there's this character. <laughs> and it's like, you know, to get into it. it so it's weird how the show was really like fan service. Yeah. To an extreme, actually. But at the same time, did it do that in spite of the plot? Because it's almost like, like, yeah, it's very interesting. I, I don't know what it is because there's there's layers of plot when it comes to a story. Sometimes it's the characters. It's that journey. Like, what is the character going through? And then there's the world they're in and how they're reacting to the world. But I feel like in Ahsoka, like, none of it made sense but it was just here's the next set piece here's the next set piece yeah yeah, yeah you know and the, uh, sometimes there's not any anything necessarily wrong with that if you have a very basic dumbed down story um i don't know if you've seen the trailer for the movie coming out this christmas silent night john oh, Woo movie. Yeah. i heard about that yeah. very much like a john wick type story and like the thing about john wick is it's a very simple story gang kills a guy's dog guy kills the gang for it yeah. there's no complexity you don't even need to understand character motivations and things like that and so for a movie like that yes it's totally cool to go set piece to set piece because it's not really character driven it's action driven um with a story like ahsoka's you kind of are craving a, a little bit more of a character driven story yeah within the world like reacting to the world as these characters and that reminds me, Red Letter Media recently did a review of it, but Pee-wee's Big Adventure, how that, the plot was really Pee-wee getting his bike back. That's yeah. all, it, but like the set pieces of the character of Pee-wee going through what he needed to was like all you needed to, to make that. Yeah. And it's funny because I was watching that review and and one of the guys was saying how it's like the perfect movie, even <laughs> though there are flaws. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, watching it as a kid, I loved it. I watched it over and over and then I've watched it as an adult. And it's still really good. And I'm like, yeah, that's, but the, to me, I, I see it as like, if a, if a, 
like a seven-year-old was playing with his James Bond toy and wanted to make a story. Like that's that's what Pee Wee's Big Adventure is. It's like a James that's Bond true. for kids. <laughs> yeah, it really, it really. It even does the end that. movie is like played like like the movie in a movie at the end is played like a James Bond. Yeah, movie. yeah. <laughs> I'm a loner, Daddy. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. That's an amazing movie. Thinking about it, yeah. like, and I don't want to hate on Tim Burton, but I feel like after that, Edward Scissorhands, Batman. Like those were great, and then after that, nothing really stuck. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's a certain aesthetic that he does that 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 resonates with a certain audience. Yeah, but I don't think that storytelling wise, you can really get much better than than Pee Wee. Yeah, no, and you know what? I did some research recently too, where like the movie, one of the movies he made before Pee Wee, was on Disney, but like you can't. There's no back catalog of it, and it's like. Hansel and Gretel, but Japanese. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and it's really it ha- the visuals are insane and creepy. It's on YouTube. I'd um, love to see that. I'll have to link it. But um, the other things uh, this past weekend, I had a garage sale, which to be honest was awesome. And I think you asked yesterday, but no, yeah, no collectibles were sold. Um, I think I got to do that uh, like on eBay or something. But um, yeah. it just felt so good, just getting rid of stuff. Oh, like, yeah. Looking at the sidewall of my garage, how much clearer it was, I was like, "Yeah, that's that's some good stuff." And and the it's fact that you mentioned st- that because I just watched Toy Story three with my daughter, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I need to, to get out all my toys from storage and play with them. They're oh. they must be so miserable. I can't put them in a yard sale." And that's funny because that's kind of what I'm trying to get at is to where I have most of the junk gone, so it's easy for me to get some of my toys that are mainly in storage you know it's just i can't have everything out um but like it it's probably the most successful garage sale i've ever had because we whittled everything down to now we just have this table with boxes of a few boxes of things that we're just gonna take to goodwill or donate or whatever and it's like man really got a rid of a lot of stuff um but you know when it comes to like stuff like robot spirits or gunpla i wouldn't sell those at a garage sale and maybe some people would maybe it depends where you live a lot of times yeah. i price things at a garage sale to get rid of it right. not that i'm trying to make money and i've had success using ebay and mercari selling uh, robot spirits i was even able to sell the penelope that because i remember i bought that second one so i was able to sell the first yeah. one and then i even bundled a bunch of robot spirits together so it's possible um uh and then um what was the other thing this week i got into gundam wise um i'm still building that red rider um that's about it i know you're working on oh yeah you uh were showing off yesterday the the paint progress on the uh the bound dock so that's that's just about done honestly um you know a couple more top coats then it's time for decals and then i'm going to do a little photo shoot so i should oh, have that up on the channel by next week so um, oh that's cool yeah i gotta hurry up and get mine done then um yeah shout out to zig new york he's on shadow um the other thing is i started watching uh so i i talked about before i watched bubblegum crisis which yep. i think is a badass anime and then i started bubblegum crash which apparently Follow is a sequel. Up. Yeah. Yeah. And already I could tell like 
it has more consistent high quality animation whereas the previous one it had high quality animation but only specific scenes would be high quality specific scenes would be low quality so far this seems to be pretty consistent um but i like that world and the characters um and it's an all girl team uh and like one is a lead singer <laughs> you know it seems yeah. like this you kind have, of to have an idol in there right well, no, it's funny it's like it's like the kind of the tropey anime stuff, but it's done a little differently where it, it, it seems more subtle and part of the world, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, it's pretty good stuff. I got to say, I got to, um, Oh, I like how Barry BB said, okay, boomers. Cause the, the androids are called boomers. <laughs> and I like the idea that what, what's interesting is, and they kind of explained it in bubblegum crash. It's like the boomers, the androids are everywhere. Like, it's just a normal part of society. And some of them malfunction and kill people. But that's almost just like an unfortunate side effect. And, and like, I guess either the, gov the government's, like, protected from, uh, I guess, lawsuits based on that or something. It's a pretty I, interesting. I don't know any real-life examples of, you know, <laughs> there being any kind of uh, lack of liability associated with <laughs> any types of products. But, no, I mean, you know, it's funny. It reminds me of, like, Blade Runner, right? When yeah. you had the, the synthetics walking around and, you know, we see what happens when some of them achieve self-awareness and realize that they are just products on a shelf and yeah. that they have a shelf life. That's such a neat idea because as a kid, I understood it, but not to, like, the complexity that I do now because it's almost like you could reflect on yourself through that in a way. It, yeah. If you were to see, like, what am I doing here? What's what's kind of my purpose? And you're trying to find it. Where the, the, the synthetics or the androids, they at least know who they could go to to ask that. Isn't um, that isn't that funny that like you know even having access to your creator, you still have a sort of existential crisis as a creation. Yeah. And so it, we really are when it comes to stories about AI and androids and synthetic life forms, it's very interesting the way we kind of uh, is anthropomorphized the right word. We, you know, we mm. we project our human insecurities onto these machines. Yeah. You know what? That's a good point, because the, the thing I loved about the second Blade Runner movie is Ryan Gosling's character. You 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 you're on the journey with him and then he's realizing, wow, am I the firstborn synthetic from you know and then later you found out no yeah. and, and it's like it's almost like a thing in reality sometimes where you have the center on yourself and you realize it's not about you or something and I, I so that's why i think like the sequel hit it out of the park and i think it's a lot of that type of storytelling is is mainly only found from what i'm realizing like anime you yeah. know to the complexity it goes at it and i think the only other time like they've really done a good job is like matrix movie or ghost in the shell movie which are based on being influenced by japanese yeah property. quite heavily yeah i mean yeah blade runner maybe have started started it but i i feel like it was very surface even though it's still really good oh yeah yeah so. I, you know and i think you and i've talked about this before is like being the first to explore some of these ideas in narrative doesn't necessarily mean it's the best sometimes yeah. someone else takes the baton and runs with it and yeah. they get a little bit further down the line um so yeah. as long as you respect the original you know the foundation of that inspiration then i think it's, it's all good i mean and it makes me think like who was the first when it came to and i don't know if this is really a thing you can categorize but like um 
uh, grounded reality sci-fi war or and not even like for instance like star wars kind of started going even though it's fantasy it, it had realism in the way the sides worked and the rebels you know and and yeah. then gundam i think went further with that but the only other thing before that i can think of is like 2001 space odyssey because it was looking realistic but then it was the whole thing about the ai like it, it that like the issues and the problems that come up with the yeah i think you know you'd have to look at authors like um philip k dick and uh ursula ursula le guin okay um i think that they are they're some of those earliest science fiction authors that uh you know really start diving into some of the the implications of how technology advances as opposed to just you know i think that there was a lot of science fiction prior to prior to philip k dick prior to ursula k le guin that it's like man how wonderful would it be if we had flying cars but then they started exploring the ideas of like how would that affect us as humans how would that affect our culture if we had flying cars you know there's there's and i think that this is kind of what you're saying is it's like you know blade runner kind of said hey wouldn't it be crazy if there were these replicants but then you know you have like ghost in the shell and the matrix that kind of take that idea and it's like well you know what would that make people think about themselves if yeah. if this alternate life form existed so it's yeah it's a uh, there's some there's some great science fiction to to be found and i wonder how much there. it's like of the times like you know if you think of post world war 2 a lot of war was being um uh televised or shown to people and so then they're seeing the realities and that's kind of reflected mm. in like sci-fi because it's like oh here's this cool technology but then here's what it could do to people um so yeah yeah it's very it's very cool stuff yeah because there's there's the yeah difference of storytelling i think kind of goes back to ahsoka you know like what that style was that was the moment to moment set piece style yeah um but yeah um no cool stuff um Okay, so um, let me think. Was there anything else I wanted to touch on that might have been that? Yeah, okay. So next, let's move to the screen share here. Um, In GBO2, which I think I am slowly getting back into it after my break. I think I went August and September not playing it because I went like April through I think July playing it every day. Uh, and then once June started, two systems. Well, I think um, it's a good time to get back into it because aren't they doing free MS pools for people? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's what kind of helps. Yeah, it's that always helps. Um, and um, uh, oh, yeah. And there's the thing I wanted to talk about. And I'm going to do a deeper dive on um, uh, on my Blue Gamer channel tomorrow. But I wanted to get a new controller. And I, I don't know why. I almost feel like you don't need to do this. But I was researching, like, what's the best controller you can get? This thing is interesting. It works on PC and Steam. Or, uh, sorry, Switch. PC and Switch. Okay. And the thing is, it has the Hall Effect joystick, so it's magnetic, so it doesn't do the drift. It even That's has great. mechanical face buttons. So you, you press them in, you know, and it has the click. Oh, it has a satisfying feeling. Yeah, yeah. It has back buttons, which I don't use too much, but I might start using a little bit. But I got to say, 
even with the thumbsticks, uh, they have a, they're similar to a PlayStation's, but a little different. It's like a combination of PlayStation and Xbox. Yeah. I got to say, I do feel a difference when I'm playing games using a gamepad like this. And that was one of the things I wanted to get into GBO2 using this. And I feel like, and again, it could be because I play games so much that I can feel a difference. But there is a difference based on the controller. And I bet part of it's preference from what feels good to some. But but that brand is GameSir. So I don't Game know if you've Sir. heard of GameSir. Okay. 8-Bit, though, GameSir are probably like the two big ones. Um, now, anyway, those, so, uh, those back buttons, can you program macros for those? Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, for me, the, the obvious thing for GBO2 would be to program in my my hotkeys for weapon swapping. Yes. Actually, excellent idea. I got you. <laughs> excellent idea. I didn't even think about that. I'm going to have to do that. Yeah, I, I would do left for uh, for my favorite ranged weapon and then right for my melee. That way I'm always. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's actually a good idea. Like, have it to where whenever you're editing the shortcuts for a suit it's like yeah favorite or whatever is the best combination for attack you know uh yeah for your stun lock yeah, yeah. stun lock yeah that's a good point i'm gonna have to but i'm gonna have oh, a deeper yeah. dive of that on blue gamer uh tomorrow but um Sweet. yeah i just wanted to bring that up because i as a gamer i'm realizing that sometimes the controller can make the experience if and you might not even realize uh yeah the other cool thing about that controller is and you can do all this stuff on the controller itself without software, even though it has software. You can make it where the A, B, and X, and Y are swapped, like on the Switch or Nintendo. Very cool. So, so if you're on PC doing Nintendo stuff, it gives you um, that idea or yeah, that a lot opportunity. Of flexibility. But in uh, GBO2, they just released the, the Gaplant TR5. So this is Advance of Zeta version of the Gaplant. Yeah. Um, 500 cost which is pretty good. Uh, yeah, general too, which, hey, that's always nice. Now, which this is a cool actually somewhat less than the, the standard gap plant because the standard gap plant is like a 650-700, isn't it? Oh, that's actually very interesting. I wonder if our Lord and Savior Talos can uh, explain why that would be because you would think an advanced of Zeta version would be um, a little more powerful. Or I wonder if the one that shows up in Zeta is based on the tr5 because maybe by that time um they made more advanced rollout version here we go probably so here probably we so. go i'm gonna read it to you guys from Mobius. the tr5 was the prototype to the gap plant so non-finalized yeah i, I like it so i like to get the lore th there's there's a little bit of a inconsistency i would say in gundam when it comes to like prototypes versus rollout types because you know technically speaking if the gundam is the prototype of like the gm then obviously the gundam is a much superior prototype to the production model um, yeah. and i think you even see that in gbo2 as well isn't the early production gelgoog better than the mass production gelgoog yeah and i think what it ends up being is the cost like once they right. mass produce they realize they have to reduce costs somehow like the, there's that early prototype beam rifle that the uh white dingo team can use that's like super powerful but you don't yeah. see that later on because it's probably too expensive. Um, yeah, and you probably have less shots, I would imagine. Yeah, exactly, and the time to fire and all that. And so you could show yours off too, but I realize I have in my backlog <laughs> that advance of Zeta Gaplant. Yeah, see, I, I have the standard Zeta Gaplant. <laughs> the rollout, the more powerful one, but it looks okay. still looks cool. And now, does that – that also transforms, right? 
Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, it has that that booster that that comes on the back of it. Does the does the TR five have like the booster unit? Here's here's this. It looks like it's more of a gun thing. It's doing. Oh, so yeah, the uh, the Zeta variant has like a a mass driver that attaches to the back. That's cool. Yeah, and what's interesting is if you guys saw that uh, wound wart review video I have up, there is a, a similar sort of option part here, um, and I I don't know like what you call it, but it's this little thing, and there's two of them, and that goes on not only the wound wart, but it also goes on the hazel as well. So that's like one of those modular parts. Um, and I bought this in April for AOZ April, and I never. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's funny because I actually only bought the Gaplant kit after I played as the Gaplant in GVO2. I was like, this thing's badass. <laughs> uh, that's cool. That Yeah, that I, that's another thing I like about GVO2. Yeah. Actually, let's let's look at that real quick. Um, developed into, uh, let's see. So I'm at the... That TR5 colorway is so much cooler, though. The, yeah. the white and navy. Yeah, in fact, like how much white there's on it. Like a lot of times the Titans, like their, um, wasn't it their test colors are typically a little more darker, and then yeah, like a navy and purple combo with like gold stripes, and this has a lot of white on it, which kind of gives it like a old school Gundam look, but it's mono eyed and it has kind of like the the Zeon legs that you'd normally see. Mm, yeah. Um. Okay, so let me. I was seeing on here. Let, actually, let me just search for it because I didn't see. So the gap plant. No, not the TR5. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, so that one that is in GBO2 or the standard one and one we know from Zeta is the ORX005 gap plant. Right. So this would be the rollout, I guess, mass production mode. Based on now, okay, now, Talos is saying in chat that that's the wrong TR5 gap plant, that that's closer to the actual gap plant. Which you know, this is one of those things that comes up with Advance of Zeta pretty frequently, where it's like, okay, well, which Hazel 2 are you talking about? Are you talking about the Hazel 2? Are you talking about the Hazel 2 or the oh, Hazel 2? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know, yeah. So, okay, so let's go to that then. So, this is not the one that's in. So that's the Hyru, which I think is the uh, that's that's the one that has did not come out yet. So there is a Gap Plant TR five, and then there's the Gap Plant TR five Hyru. Okay, so here we go. Here, I I guess this is supposed to be the. That's then, what just came out. Yeah. Uh, okay, so it doesn't have the option parts on it. Yeah, there you go. I see, which still looks awesome, and this is like the classic Advance of Zeta like art style. Too. yes yeah that and even the shields look reminiscent of like the hazel shields yep like those binders oh it still has an awesome uh well i call it flight mode but it says ma i'm assuming mobile armor yeah but i mean still looks awesome okay so i guess this is the one yeah thanks talos from uh gbo2 and it has that big thrust on it this one oh this has it too but yeah this one is uh the one with some other option 
course. That just means another one that can show up in GBO2, I guess. <laughs> Probably. You know, there's there's enough AOZ content that GBO2 is going to be set for the next five years. Oh, yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> something that I've never really wrapped my head around, because I, I was telling you beforehand, like, I feel like the gap plant is, it's cool, but it's kind of, like, not talked about a lot, or it's not. Yeah. But looking at... um. It, it, like operator neo zeon titans so was that because when the titans were sort of working with neo zeon for a little bit they were like trading stuff or do we do we have any background on that or do you happen to know i think talos will probably know a little bit more about this than i do but i'm pretty sure that in the aoz reboot you have a lot of those titans units that get claimed by neo zeon so like for instance, there's like the Neo Zeon version of the Barzam, or I think oh. it's I think it's even like Mars Zeon, right? Uh, okay, but, but I haven't read AOZ reboot, oh. so I cannot tell you for certain. But no, there but... are like Neo Zeon rollout colors for, you know, a lot of these different Titan suits. Although I don't recall seeing one of the Gaplamp. No, that's that's a good call though that you brought up because I did learn that yeah from that reboot it kind of explains and and. And actually, Talos helped explain this, how, yeah, at, Neo Zeon was acquiring a lot of Titans suits at one point. Yeah. And because uh, we see Rosamia was a pilot. Yazan yeah. was a pilot. So, oh, Elliard Hunter, so from Advanced of Zeta. So, yeah, a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of people we know, but a lot that are, that makes this kind of a main, I would almost say this is like one of the main units that come out of Zeta Gundam. Again, even though it doesn't seem to be talked about too much. Yeah, um, I, there's a there's a unique kind of story associated with it as well, because there's a point where Yazan's piloting it, and I think it's four telepathically communicates to Camille that the weak point of the gap plant is that it cannot see underneath it. Oh, yeah. Because of the way that it's the way that the mono eye is set up. And so Camille's able to defeat Yazan. Yazan's sitting there like, how did he know the weak point of this machine? And one of those unique little like story beats is that when you go to then like the Hombrabi, which is Yazan's, you know, final mobile suit, it has the dual mono eyes that can go up and down to see beneath it. So, you know, it's one of those minor details where it's like, oh man, this guy got so ticked off that his old mobile suit couldn't see underneath him that he made the engineers of the Hombrabi like address that weak point. I like that. You're right. That's like a minor thing, but it's still cool in terms of the world lore and the characters. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's neat. So um, it was developed by the Augusta and Oakland research institutes. And we've learned, I did a video about it and I already forget it though, but our ORX helps kind of delineate the designation of where it was built yeah. or something like that. Um, let's see. As space use mobile armor, but it also proved to be highly efficient in atmospheric flight. It was the, the uh, one of the fastest and most agile mobile weapons when in mobile armor mode. And thanks to its thruster equipped movable shield binders, it was able to change direction easily. Um, okay. The gap plant, could only be used by the physically toughest humans or by an enhanced cyber new type. Interesting. What's an enhanced cyber new type? Or are they just meaning enhanced a new type and they just put cyber in there? 
Well, I think most cyber new types undergo like physical therapy as well to to cope with, you know, increased G forces and things like that. Um, ah, so like you can create someone to be a new type, but then they can go through further enhancements because I guess that kind of goes to the idea that new types tend to have specific attributes to them, natural new types. And then if you're going to make someone a cyber new type, how do they then get these sort of unique attributes or do you give them these unique attributes? Yeah, you know, well, I mean, if you were going to create a cyber new type, then why stop at just enhancing their brain? Like you would want no. to make them the ultimate super soldier so that they could, you know, engage in hand to hand combat. They could, um, you know, pilot any mobile suit, any mobile armor. That reminds me of Marita. Yeah, because there was those times where she was doing like the chasing on foot and doing mm -hmm. hand to hand combat, but also piloting some badass mobile suits. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like, you know, there's times where it's like, OK, enough new type stuff, but I feel like they could still do something more. Like what if and I, I know there's the Hathaway novels already out with the story, but what if in like the Hathaway we learn that someone is an enhanced cyber new type that's like an assassin or, you know, or or something like that that's kind of kept secret, you know, because. They do that, but they do it in context of being in a mobile suit. Because then, like when yeah. when Camille runs into four four, yeah, it's like in person she wasn't a threat until she was in the suit or in the Psycho Gundam. Yeah, and it, it's one of those things that you and I have talked about before that they explored in Dynasty Warriors Gundam Two, where. You know, you have those different types of new types, like you have a combat new type, you have an empath new type, you have like, you know, new types with different specialities that kind of lend themselves to be stronger in particular situations. So, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like there's, you know, I feel like there's more that can be explored with that. I think like narrative oh, did a good job of kind of exploring just in general people that are new types versus not and then trying to force enhancements on them, you know. But then there's people being enhanced for specific roles. You know, that's, I mean, it would be neat if there's like a politician that happens to be this like high end cyber mental new type or something, but no one I knows. Mean, what if Gigi herself is a cyber new type that is designed to basically be a honeypot for people like Hathaway? And that's what I was kind of getting at with Hathaway. Like the idea, yeah, that like he's a terrorist. Oh, here's a, a plant. You know, there was a reason she was on that shuttle. But, you know, it really could have been for something you know, deeper. So that, yeah, that would be pretty and, neat. And it could even be like a Manchurian candidate type deal where maybe she doesn't even know that she was oh. enhanced for that purpose. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I would love to explore the idea of a cyber new type that doesn't even know that they're a cyber new type. Like they've been enhanced and they've been put into this situation because, you know, maybe it's Xeon, maybe it's the, the Manhunters, but some group knows the impact that a cyber new type can have on a budding new type Gundam pilot. And so they just throw them in there as like a monkey wrench to completely ruin that pilot. I like that. I like that idea. So yeah, that tells me there's more that they can explore with new types, you know? Um, and maybe they have, like, I wonder if there's a manga or novel that's actually touched on that a bit. We just... Yeah, and I, if not, you know, maybe it's a maybe it's a tabletop role playing ga campaign oh, that we can come up with. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. It, would that be a thing like in tabletop where one of the, I don't know if this would be known to the group, but one of the characters could possibly have something or something wrong with them. Or, you yeah. Know. I mean, we could definitely, we could definitely explore those types of ideas, whether it's a, you know, NPC or one of the player characters, I would definitely um, keep that either as a game master, I would discuss it with one of the player characters. Like, look, everyone has this shared goal that we all have together, but I want you to know something is you as this player know that your character is different and that you have like this, you know, ulterior motive going on. Or what if it's where when in your mind, there's other things that when that character rolls, it's like in your head, a plus five or or some other thing that they don't even know. Oh, That's, I mean, that would be kind of cool. So then like, man, why is this happening? Or why am I? It's like, wow, it's crazy. that. And then they're like, oh, I didn't mean for this to happen to the group. And then it's like, you find out later, they come across some lore that's like, yeah, you're really this plant. Yeah, that, that'd be pretty neat. That, that would be quite the rug pull for a player. I, I would love <laughs> to pull something off like that. Um, it, it definitely takes someone who can, who can roll with that... Um, with that idea because i wonder how certain players would react to it i remember one one campaign i started i you know killed off everybody in the first session and then i was like and then you lift off your your headsets and realize that it was a training exercise and it's like oh jeez, oh, like and, and you know like there's a pilot laughing at you saying like you know i can't believe you only scored like a 130 on your on your Titans execution program type, you know, and, and so like the players were, were really down with it, which was a huge risk because, you know, you never want to, you never want to do that to a player that isn't going to take it in take yeah. it lightly. Dude, I just watched something that did that where the beginning was this whole battle and they lost and I'm like, wow. And then it was like a training exercise. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was. I'll, hopefully I'll remember. Because, yeah, that, I like that idea. And because a lot of times, like in storytelling, doing that kind of sets the, the scale or scope of what battles could be like. Very so true. then later when the characters are then put in that for real, you know. And that was the idea, was to kind of set that expectation. Like, this is going to be difficult. So just bear with me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. Um, so another thing you know, with the gap plant. So it has the movable shield binder mounted mm -hmm. on the arms. It is a composite equipment that can function as a beam rifle shield and thruster unit. As these thruster equipped binders are movable, they allow the gap plant to change direction during flight without needing to change the direction of its nose. The binders can function as shields as the surface are uh, anti-beam coated. So I got to admit, like, it's pretty amazing because when we look at the advance of Zeta line in general, they do a lot of that. There's this whole booster thing. Where it's a shield that can shoot, and that's a booster. Yeah. But really, the original Zeta kind of laid that groundwork, and it advances Zeta did a good job of, like, using that as, like, a core of... Uh, so there's another connection there where they were mindful of the technology out of universe when they were designing 
Yeah, um, yeah, and it's very reminiscent of like the the Shekinah weapon that oh, yeah. you see with the Pale Rider line, where it's like they tried to incorporate as many functions into each piece of equipment that they were equipping a mobile suit with as they could. And sometimes it was practical, sometimes it became impractical. Impractical. Um, in the case of the Gap Plant, you can understand how having your having your aerial maneuverability tied to something that you're going to be using as a shield is probably not the best idea. Yeah. Because as soon as it takes too many hits as you're trying to, you know, absorb enemy fire, all of a sudden now you can't fly. But what's, what's interesting about that is yeah. In like uh GBO two, if you have like a unit with a shield booster, if it gets destroyed, you have, you know, less armor but yep. you also can't use that additional boost. But then you're also yep. lighter. So, hey, I want to... Uh, King Dylan, he brought up Starship Troopers, Creator of Mars, did that in the intro. That is exactly what I had watched recently. And that, that is, that it, is yeah. the one I was... So, good job there. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Um, yeah, another thing with the Gap Plant, I love its transformable form. Like, I love it anytime a a mobile suit can transform. And that oh, yeah. just looks good. I'm gonna have to grab the one you've got as soon as I finish building this, which will oh, be let's let's build these together yeah. so that we can compare and contrast because that's I'm, a great I'm idea. sure that they're they're a lot more similar than we might realize. Yeah, no, that, that, that that's a great idea. Um okay, so then the if we were to look at the one then that's in GBO2, what about it is is unique um it has the advance of zeta looking shield boosters and it has the uh has a long rifle yeah i was about to say i think that's a a, a difference yeah with that let's see if they talk about it down here it even has a whole lot the lore yeah oh but then that's it there's not they don't do the armaments just it's called a long blade rifle so that's something we see a lot with um uh with gundam stuff is this long blade yeah even with the wound wart so here's someone they call it a long blade rifle for a reason i don't know <laughs> if anyone um well it doesn't have a blade on it i guess it's just that it's very narrow like it's a very narrow barreled rifle it's not the same as like you know but i think it rifle. can heat up oh and yeah. then it could be used to cut i could be wrong on that but I, i'm just thinking of like when i'm using the hazenthley in gbo2 how it has one of its melee attacks. Um, oh, yeah. He's, yeah. So Mobius is saying that it has the heat blade. There you okay. go. So that's what's interesting. It's a rifle and a blade. That's, that's pretty great. But not in the sense like of, of a bayonet. It's, it's a little different. Yeah. Like, and because a bayonet is basically just a sharp point stuck on the end of a rifle, whereas this, the rifle itself, is a blade. <laughs> Yeah, and that's what's interesting because I know, and I don't know if this is the re like a lot of times Gundam does a good I, good job of explaining why something's a certain way. I do know when playing GBO two, what's good about that long blade rifle? If you're like one on one with someone and they're like moving around you, you can do a wide swing, and it that's... so it kind of helps in that type of combat scenario uh, to get. See, some I think it would be cool if the blade if the blade on the rifle only heated up after several shots like basically the barrel oh. of the rifle is what heats up the blade and then you can use it as a swipe it would be part of the combo yeah. like you're shooting moving in it's heated up enough you could yeah i like that 
Um, so anyway, yeah, it's been cool to kind of go over this uh, this gap plan because again, I feel like it's a under discussed uh, mobile suit, but I think it's pivotal to Gundam. It's yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's getting some love. Yeah, because it was like, and Zeta is when it kind of first showed up, and Zeta I think is like the, in terms of the creative output, probably the most freedom, you know, a team has had making a follow up. Um, yeah, yeah, I think a lot of the stuff that you see in most of the, in most of the UC add-on materials, a lot of that foundation started in Zeta, right? Yeah. Transformable mobile suits, funnels, cyber new types, all of that stuff is yeah. all from Zeta. And I think that's why I like it so much. And probably both of us, it's like, that's like the Bible of what technology we see in Gundam moving forward. Yeah. Um, okay. Along with that, I wanted to show this off. Speaking of mech designs, I don't know if this is from something, but like someone made this in Blender and I just cool, love yeah. the design of it. Cause I always think, okay, the, as much as I love Gundam, like I feel like the bipedal humanoid robot design doesn't make too much sense, but I allow it to. Thinking of how they talk about Manofsky particles and right suspension of disbelief, yeah. But this, they did a good job of making this kind of look like it could be practical, especially this kind of close up where yeah. it looks like you know it almost looks like the top of a tank, mm -hmm. and it looks like they put. You know, mirrors on here, headlights. Um, That's pretty cool. I mean, it's missing a head, but it looks like it has like, I guess yeah. it's the window. It has like a cockpit. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the only thing that's unrealistic about it to me is that it's using a bullpup rifle. <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> no! Nah. Uh, honestly, a, a lot of the drawbacks of like real life bullpup rifles are the fact that they have um, harder trigger pull. So. Yeah, it makes sense that it a, a bullpup rifle makes more sense for a mech where you don't have to necessarily worry about finger strength to pull a trigger. Well, so I I don't know too much about bull bullpup rifles, but what's like the what makes them unique? Is it how it's loading each round? Yeah, so basically, um, in typical firearms, you know, all of the action comes ahead of your ahead of the trigger, right? You know the the magazine's feeding rounds into the into the chamber ahead of where your finger is. With a bullpup rifle, it's the opposite. Everything is behind your hand. And so what happens is it, it's just a harder mechanism to operate the, the firing mechanism of the of the weapon than if it were ahead. So typically that's like the big complaint about bullpup weapons is that like, you know, it's a little bit of a harder trigger pull. So that's why you're saying it would make sense for a mech to use something like that. Yeah, because the benefit is that you have a shorter barrel length, you know, shorter weapon length so that you can maneuver into tighter spaces. Um, and so if you don't have the concern of having to worry about finger strength, then it seems like every weapon should be bullpupped for a. Uh, OK, yeah, no, that does make sense. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, another interesting thing about this, how it has like a camera near its crotch, which I guess would make <laughs> sense. You would want to have cameras wherever you could. Yeah, um, and welcome new member of the channel, uh, Austin Magnus, uh, loves the crotch oh. mud flap. <laughs> oh, yeah, Austin uh, uh, Mangus, yeah, good, uh, yeah, welcome to the white base crew. Um, yeah, I guess this is a perfect time to show this, yeah, crotch mud flap, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyway, this is just a, a really neat, really neat design. Um, I love it. 
Yeah, and I don't I don't know if anyone recognizes that from something. I just found it on Twitter from Piazza. It reminds Arts. me of like the Tierran. Is that how you pronounce it from uh from double O? Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That does kind of have that that look to it. No, that's mm -hmm. that's pretty neat. Um but anyway, yeah, again, thanks Austin for joining. Let us know uh oh uh, yeah, let us know um uh anything from today's show that you found interesting. I'm just curious um other than the the mud flap. Everyone <laughs> loves that. No, um no, along with that, uh I wanted to actually jump into what Gumpla is supposed to release this month. Yeah. So, I got think some big news. I think it's all centered mainly around the build uh cuz that gump that Gumpla Metaverse show starts um, tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so, that, that's another thing that like you and I hadn't even mentioned is like, oh my yeah. gosh, Metaverse starts tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm definitely going to watch it. And I don't have that much history with the build shows, even though I've dabbled and they actually seem interesting. It's just different because the, the uh, potential threats that characters can get into is not as severe as in like UC or something, but what after i watch it i'm gonna kind of consider okay is this something that deserves like a, a reaction video and i can talk about it but we'll see um yeah but in the meantime kind of looking at some of the gumpla that's coming out you got to say that looks pretty cool it's it's just like a classic gundam design just yeah you know a little uh i get about a nine and a half and out of ten on the gundamness meter <laughs> yeah okay nine and a half yeah i i like that and it's neat because the top of the head where the V fin is, it kind of has this like red thing. Yeah. It's pretty cool looking. Thing. I love yeah. that that small shield too. It's almost like a buckler. Yeah. Yeah. That might uh, be indicative of like more melee focused combat going on, which is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Even with a weapon like this. Um, yeah. That looks, it'll be interesting. Um, and I guess this is an entry grade. So what's cool about that is like it's much easier to build. I built a couple entry grades. I think the um was it RX 782 and then the new Gundam. Oh Pretty nice. Easy, quick little builds. Um yeah. they're usually a little lighter on accessories, but you know, yeah. if you're into customizing, that's a good yeah, especially if you want to do if you want to practice uh scribing, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And then this is pretty neat because this looks like seed and narrative mixed. Like when I look yeah. at this. I see right? what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's got that, that CPAX look to it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that is a pretty cool design. I do. I, I am interested. Yeah. So I'm curious too, like if people that just got into which Gundam because of Witch for Mercury, right? Which a lot of people did. I wonder if like this next thing would live up to that Gundam expectation. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I hope that it kind of has that Ahsoka treatment that you and I were talking about earlier, where, you know, maybe you don't necessarily have to have seen the previous build series to appreciate that they're, they are bringing back a couple of uh, build veterans uh, for this series. But maybe, you know, you're not going to necessarily need to know who they are or what they're, you know, hopefully you're able to enjoy it without having had watched the yeah. previous build series. I hope so. I I just do know that when I watched like I watched that beginning where they have like the beginning thing, it's like its own thing. And then I started Build Fighters and I loved like how much it like calls back to like just Gundam stuff, you know, from, yeah. from stories. 
But actually, these other pictures look cool. It's, it's, it's throwing off some after-war vibes. And I like that it has its own little core fighter. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's so that, not that... something you typically see in, in build stuff, right? Is like, because why would you need a core fighter if there's no pilot? Yeah. No, that interesting. Yeah, I wonder if it's like some drone-style weaponry. Um, so that's actually pretty cool. I'm going to keep my eye on that one. And then this one seems pretty neat. I don't know if I'd get it, though, but it's Barbados uh, SDMG. So it's like the more intricate, a little bigger SD. Yeah. But up the Barbados. But I don't know, like, when people see this, are they like, just give us a real or real grade or a master grade? Why are we getting an SD? I don't know. Yeah. Because I know people choice. love this design. Yeah, that's definitely my favorite of the Barbatos forms. But um... And that looks cool. Like the inner frame stuff, I love it. Yeah. I don't know, but if I was going to get an a MGSD, I think that Freedom one they came out with. Was it the Freedom? Yeah, that, yeah. that looked cool. It's um, interesting the way that they're going about, you know, selecting which suits are getting the MGSD treatment. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. This seems like a popular one, like yeah. the, the suit in general. So I can see that, but I just nothing you see universal century. Right. But maybe because generally universal century people aren't as into SD. Yeah. I was going to say could be indicative of that. Yeah. Um, you know, because Battle Alliance was another one of the, you know, you don't see a lot of UC Grognards playing Battle Alliance. Yeah. Just Most because of the SD stuff, even yeah. though even though it's a great game. Gameplay yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, no, true. Um, you know, it's funny because I was watching a gaming YouTube channel that's really about games. It's, you know, it's a giant bomb. And they were talking about how Bandai doesn't do a good job with their anime games. And, but he goes like he he was surprised that that and I can't believe he said this. I never hear people talking about it, but he's like that SD Gundam Battle Alliance game actually was good. And it's like, oh, yeah, finally some recognition. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it ironic that like gamers really appreciate Battle Alliance? But yeah. Gundam fans themselves couldn't latch on to it because of the aesthetics. I, I think that it goes a lot. It, it says a lot about the the game design itself. Yeah, no, that, that is very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Austin is saying that fighter works kind of like the striker packs, and uh, it can uh, detach and fly around. Okay. That's pretty cool. That is cool, because, yeah, I was looking, like, on its arm or its leg. It seemed like it had a fighter on it. Yeah. That's, that's pretty neat. Even though I really only get UC stuff, I could see myself grabbing this. Um, yeah, and it's an entry grade. It's not going to take too much time. I'm not going to feel like I'm wasting my time with something non-UC. <laughs> but it shouldn't yeah. matter. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so that um, that just about say, does it. The last... Oh, what's oh, up? Oh, I was no, going to say, gonna speaking say... of wasting our time on things that aren't oh. UC. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, speaking of that, um, the new uh, seed, I guess, comes out January still? Is that the date? Yeah, it's, that's the timeline. Um. And they just released a new trailer, I yeah. think. Someone said in, in chat earlier. Yeah, it's called Gundam Seed Freedom. I know we heard about it. Uh, yeah, January 26th. I don't know if anyone's heard, like, is it going to be dubbed in English? 
And if not, is it when it's released, is it going to have English subtitles? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, it's like, are they going to do the same thing they did with Kukuru's where we're going to get a dub that just is never mentioned? <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and I guess they didn't some uh, they released some new artwork as well as uh, I guess the pictures from the robot spirits versions. And I guess it's, the justice and the freedom, right? But they kind of, and I don't know if you noticed, were there some design differences to them in general? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they look like they've been kind of upgraded, or you know, maybe there's a slight difference, you know, in the in the version. But um, yeah, overall looks interesting. Uh, I saw someone, I think it was actually Seiji, who mentioned this on Twitter, but uh, it looks like uh, Atherin is not piloting the justice. From the trailer. Oh, okay. Looks so like it might be uh, Shin. Oh, huh. Which, you know, my my whole thing is from the Freedom movie, all I want to see is Shin be the main character again. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. That was my first, first no thought. No more Kira, please. <laughs> no, that was my first thought. Like, is Shin going to be in this? And how big of a, a part is he going to play? Um, yeah. Because I really liked his character in Destiny. So, yeah. Yeah, really cool. Steve Camille. So, uh, yeah, I haven't really touched on the updates to the the Freedom movie coming out, but I'm definitely going to cover that on the channel. Um, yeah, they're because... releasing a lot of uh, a lot of content around that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've noticed people posting in the Discord. Uh, that's where I'm getting all this information, actually, so thanks for you guys posting in there. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, well, I think that's about it. Just want to thank everyone for joining. I should have called people out, but like King Dylan, Jim Killex, Talos, Johnny Tacoma, Austin, new member of the White Base crew, obviously Talos, no one, RB. Um, sorry if I missed you guys. I hadn't really been, you know, paying too much attention, but um, I'm going to have to go back and look at the the chat when I watch this later because usually the chat's full of good information. Yeah, there's some good content on this one. I was, I was trying to keep up with it while we were discussing yeah. some of these uh, things because because I tend to get things wrong. <laughs> I don't oh. know if you guys noticed this. But... <laughs> <laughs> it, oh, man, it happens. But anyway, well, everyone, thanks for joining uh, this week's episode of the Gundam Explained show. Again, like if if you haven't... If there's something that you want to have discussed in this kind of like forum in this nature where we're all discussing and talking, yeah. send me an email or post in Discord. Yeah, join the um, Discord. There's always uh we're we're always arguing about something. Yeah, yeah, and really and tag me and say, hey, would this be a good topic for the live show? Because I I think it would be cool yeah. to kind of get an idea of what's what's kind of a not not that it has to be controversial, but something that's an interesting thing to think about. Um, that'd be pretty yeah. cool. So. Yeah, I guess that just about does it. Thanks, everyone, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Yeah, cheers. Thank you.